Okay, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. It's Friday night. It is a little after 7 p.m. I got uh, a long week of uh, a bunch of random stuff, but uh, I wanted to talk tonight. I'm going to do Chapter 8. I usually get up and go to the Starbucks around this time, uh, and then uh, I like having the coffee in the morning when it's cold. Uh, it helps me use the restroom. It's the squatty potty is what it is. I guess this is my product placement. And I, I'm often, I say it probably every day, that shit will change your life. Because I don't know if anybody listens and uses it. But uh, to me, a cold pike place from Starbucks and the squatty potty is the, uh, the only thing that keeps me and not agitated, I guess, in the morning at 44. So uh, I, this, this one is... Uh, this one's fun. It's not, uh, you know, it's not too, too intense. It's not too complicated. It was really just a, a neighborhood, uh, you know, hookup buddy. Uh, but I do think about this one, and I do think about the girl at the Starbucks here, and uh, it would probably be completely inappropriate to be like, hey, I wrote this book about another Starbucks girl that I had a crush on, but since I got my old high school girlfriend back I don't really care about this one uh, I don't have the same types of it's, it, it's worn itself out so uh, alright well I'm going to play this one for a few minutes and then I'll come back and uh, uh, oh yeah I sold a couple of uh, audio books this week not the bounty ones but I did figure out how to use some of the Facebook and Instagram ads so it was uh it gets expensive, but it was a productive week figuring that stuff out. So I hope you enjoyed a couple, couple, couple first minutes. Take care. Peace. Chapter 8. Vanty Pike Place, Please. Life is a dice game. I dare you to blow it. Nipsey Hustle. I can't be unique. Going through phases dependent on a daily Starbucks fix, despite overpaying for mediocre coffee. I kept telling myself it wasn't the coffee, it was the dump I'd take because of the coffee, so I kept going. I even got the Keurig pods, because only the smell from the first few seconds of brewing sent me straight to the restroom. Coffee and cigarettes were my thing until I quit smoking. Then I discovered the squatty potty, and I was hooked. That shit will change your life. I also kept telling myself I was going for the community, which meant to see the sexiest young women of South Summerlin. The staff seemed to turn over less than other busy Starbucks, so seeing the same faces in small talk with the regulars was also what I called community. When I had the means, I'd leave bigger tips on the holidays when no one likes to work, but they still showed up. The coolest customers would leave the biggest tips, which financed a better buzz after making shifts go by easier. Every time she worked when I showed up, I zeroed in on her thick butt. She was tall and awkwardly beautiful. Very easy to stare at without realizing. She wore thick-lensed black-framed eyeglasses that must have been expensive and annoying since I've worn glasses since second grade. Like me, she couldn't see shit without them and contacts weren't an option. When she was busy prancing behind the counter, watching her curvy hips stretch those yoga pants made waiting in line fun. I envied her enthusiasm. It was contagious and insanely sexy first thing in the morning. 
If I didn't have a girlfriend waiting for me in bed and Paris was working that day, I would go straight home and jerk off before heading into work. One smile from her would get me stiff. She was good for it every time. She must have had dozens of guys like me fantasizing about bending her over the cream and sugar station. Then, surprise, surprise, one Sunday night, I'm flipping through the essay app when guess whose picture is the first to pop up on my screen. I saw her earlier that morning when stopping by before going to play blackjack at Red Rock. I liked getting there early to beat the crowds lining up to bet on the NFL games. I regret this period of my life because instead of pissing away 500 each time, I should have been buying bitcoins. She was there on the opening shift, and I remember noticing the curves in her breasts were extra swollen, which my ex-wife always blamed on getting her period. I favorited her, and the thick-butt barista favorited me back. I was so shocked this was happening and didn't know what to say. I knew getting coffee would never be the same if I started banging one of the crew. I'm such a prick that I had a slight amount of regret only because it was her and not the petite redhead I also had a crush on. Felt like I was trading down and cheating on her. Chatting within the app is tough. The messages don't always send or appear without constant refreshing, so she sent me her number to text. Okay, so I remember this one now. Uh, This young lady had like the biggest glasses and the biggest butt and hips like of anybody. She had really thick, thick lenses and a huge butt, like almost intimidating. But I do, I remember, uh, I remember writing this one. This is when I should have been just straight buying Bitcoin. Every Friday I'd go, or every sat, uh, Sunday morning, sometimes Saturday and Sunday, but usually on Sunday morning, I would go to the uh, Red Rock and just piss away three, four, five hundred bucks and just in losing blackjack. And, and it was more like stress relief. It, but it was again just addicted, just being addicted to something. So like, I think back on it, I was just so stupid. I was just so freaking dumb. And I make that that Bitcoin point in jest because I would have sold it as soon as I made some money on it. But uh, I was just I was a train wreck. I was fucking around with the wrong stuff. And I can't even say that I had that much fun playing blackjack. I had fun when you win two or three or four hands in a row. You get to double down, split some aces and shit. But none of that's just fun. I even remember, and I guess this is kind of the addict's part of it. There was one time when the the pit boss was like, oh, you want a coffee? I'll be right back. And in the time that it took her to go get a coffee, I lost 500 bucks. And I was like, fuck, I should have even, I should have just left before she came back with the coffee. I had just gotten a coffee from the girl that I'm writing this story about. But uh, I usually finished it, by the way, I, by the time I got there. Or left it in the car and then got something else. Uh Okay, I'm going to play another couple of minutes of this one, and uh, and I'll come back. I appreciate you listening. Oh, and uh, the date. It's So I'm, I'm a week. Now this is my second week on a Friday night. I did Friday the 13th last week, and now it's Friday the 20th. Peace. We decided to meet at Outback on Sahara for dinner, and I was pumped but uneasy. It's less mysterious when knowing the person exists. The chances of being stood up decrease. 
but the stress went up because we'd see each other daily regardless of how the date went. Luckily, we hit it off at dinner. She was amazed to see me on the app after seeing me every morning, usually getting two coffees. She figured I had a girlfriend. She loved the job and all her coworkers, but waking up early was the hardest part. She didn't drink coffee, tea, soda, or milk, only water, which was clean and sexy. After trying the community college for two semesters, she dropped out and tried massage therapy school. She finished and got her certificate, but wasn't wild about the work and lots of competition. She turned 21 a few months before celebrating her third anniversary of working at Starbucks. She was proud of her resume and felt like she could move anywhere in the world and have a job. I couldn't believe I was sitting across the table from her having dinner on a Sunday night after seeing her across the counter every morning. Seeing her out of uniform was slightly less sexy being off script, but I could tell her nipples were pierced for the first time, which was so damn hot. I love sucking on pierced nipples, or any nipples. It's one of the few things I'm good at and can focus on. She explained her travels since she lived near my old house on Durango in the 215, about 20 minutes from the restaurant and five minutes to her work. Before the entrees came, she told me sleeping over would be difficult because she had to pick up a coworker who lived 50 minutes away in the opposite direction. At this point, I was thrilled because she was already discussing sleeping over. She recently helped that coworker set up an account on the SA app and hopes to meet a sugar daddy who'll buy her a car. The best time for her to hang out was after 2 in the afternoon when she's done with her shift or on her days off, but those very week to week. I respected how seriously she took her place on the team and recognized the opportunities. She liked using her vibrator and didn't want money, but she did want more sex toys. I took her to the adult store on Tropicana, not far from the strip, and she was overwhelmed with all the options. She wanted to try whippets. All her coworkers do them, but I told her she'd go brain dead, and she agreed. We picked out a few different style vibrators, and the clerk made sure each worked before we left. I gathered she was tired of guys her age, and she didn't want to hang out with a creeper or stalker, so meeting me felt safe. She preferred older guys and hoped I was a good cook. I wasn't the first daddy she met on the site who also goes to the coffee shop, but our secret will be safe. She had a long-distance boyfriend who kept cheating on her, but she gave him a pass because his dick was huge. She didn't feel bad for fucking around since he was too. After that date, she came over so many times, greeting me by shoving both her hands down my basketball shorts. She had very soft hands and a gentle touch when rubbing my balls and stroking my cock. She'd use one hand to massage the area between my balls and asshole, while the other caressed the tip of my head. One of the easiest memories to get hard and jerk off to is standing in my kitchen seasoning a few steaks while my introverted barista friend was on her knees sucking me off. She looked up at me through her thick glasses, ready to swallow my first load of the evening. I finished cooking, and we ate while navigating the smart TV to a porn website. She took the controller and went straight to the threesome section on the site. I must have started blushing because the thought of her bringing one or two of her girlfriends over dashed through my head, but the videos she picked were one girl with multiple dudes. She started playing with me again and said, Look, as long as you cook me steaks and be nice, I'll fuck you whenever you want, unless I move away or get a real boyfriend. Seemed like a good deal, but wondered how many other guys she had that arrangement with.
I didn't want to care and didn't need to care because I was blessed to be the temporary object of her sexual fantasies. I'm sure hundreds of guys pass through that shop during her shifts, and how many does she see on the dating apps? I've wondered about that same barista plus customer dynamic in every coffee shop I've gone to since. Her favorite position was doggy style, with me pulling her long, dark hair. She liked when my balls were slapping her clit, and sometimes she'd grab her toys, which was crazy sexy to me. She tasted great, always shaved, and didn't take much to get wet. I'm not sure if she ever fully came, but she told me it was hard for her to get off, but the toys helped a bunch. One time, I felt her thighs squeeze my face, covering my ears, but it didn't last long. She had a strong sex drive. I'm not sure if the young women I knew in my early 20s were this forceful with guys much older than they were, but I'm guessing many were. I had no clue at the time, and the hindsight makes me feel naive, laughing at myself because I didn't have a fraction of the chance I thought. Okay, so as I'm listening to this one, I am I'm definitely remembering uh, this, this young lady was really kind of a freak. She, she just... She loved going to the sex shop on Tropicana, and uh, over twenty four hours, we we went a few times late at night. The girl, uh, yeah, the, and 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 you know, she, she would tell me about this boyfriend in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or somewhere on the East Coast, and and she kept talking about how big his dick was. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself huge at all, but uh, it was, a, I always felt like, and it's crazy, I felt like the consolation prize with this girl, with a girl who was, you know, at least 10 or 15 years younger than me, at least, Jesus. Uh, I was like the consolation prize. And then, as you'll find out later on, if you keep listening, uh, you know, I was, I, I might have been uh, one was too many a hundreds not enough to her like I I think uh, I think she had a handful of boyfriends that had that were regular customers at that coffee shop which then always made me curious afterwards which then I eventually just stopped going because I didn't uh, I didn't feel like dealing with it and I mentioned in there I had a, a little crush on one of the cute girls with the red hair and then uh, after that. After I went on this tryst, uh, several trysts, it didn't. She uh, she didn't pay attention to me, so it was easy come, easy go. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna just play this entire uh, one. I had chopped up the previous ones, but uh, I'm I'm just stringing it together to where it's the it's the whole uh, chapter, and uh, see how that goes. Uh, I'm not getting huge amounts of uh, listens or, or follows with this podcast, and I don't blame it, anybody. I don't think this is very sophisticated. I guess it'd be a little cooler if I had somebody on uh, or interviewed somebody or even one of the girls. But uh, I only keep in touch with a couple of them, like two or three of them. So uh, it would be kind of neat, but I haven't told any of them I wrote this book, so. There's that. Anyways, enjoy the rest of it, and I'll be back. Uh, I might just let this go towards the end. Peace. One night, I pulled her hair a little too hard and hurt her neck because the next night she came over, she laid on her back. 
I felt bad for pulling too hard, but I didn't want to fuck her that night, and I wish I wouldn't have. My girl was landing a few hours later, and I wanted to save my stamina and didn't want the scent of another woman on me or my bed. I tried showing my loyalty, but it didn't matter. We did it on my couch, since I wouldn't have enough time to wash the sheets. An attorney buddy once made the point that all dudes go through a golden era of their life where the young ladies keep throwing it at them. He warned me that when it dries up, it dries up for good, and this episode seemed like a peak golden era for me. We stayed on the couch, and I wedged a towel underneath her butt while lifting her legs up around my head. I still had more than an hour before picking up my favorite supercoming squirting goddess and drank plenty of water after trying to recover. I'll never forget how overly self-conscious I was the next few days, because it felt like the condom ripped and I came inside the barista. The thought of touching her raw a few hours before sticking it inside my favorite ex was nerve-wracking. I showered twice after she left, and before leaving for the airport, but I don't think it ripped, she didn't get pregnant, no STDs, I got paranoid. At some point, she decided that moving closer to her long-distance boyfriend was what she needed to do. I was sad to see her leave because she was always horny. The sex and blowjobs were amazing. I had a feeling, though, because she always talked about how big this guy's dick was, and that'll make her move across the country. The last time I saw Paris in person was in my kitchen, but we didn't have sex. She was saying her goodbyes before driving across the country and moving in with Steven. Parting ways with these queens is part of the gig, so definitely be prepared to be sad. I gave her some cash and a flat-screen TV we wedged in her car before she made the drive, and we both cried a little bit. Lucky for me, that first year she moved was rough on her and Steven, so I still got sexy snaps from her, and I miss it. She came back in town twice, and even though she wanted to marry this dude, she'd come over to my house and pull down my shorts. Both times, she was pissed at him, venting to me before swallowing my cock like the good old days. I liked being fuck buddies with her, even though it didn't always feel great knowing that she was cheating on him. From the very beginning, I asked her not to tell any of her co-workers, but right before she left town, something made her tell them about us. But not only about us, she told them about all the other customers she had fucked, and it was quite the local scandal. Every time I went in after that, I'd get funny looks, so I finally stopped and broke the addiction. One lesson here was if you plan to get involved with someone who works at a place you normally go, be prepared to pivot. It's only fair if you go somewhere else or change the habit at some point, because it will get weird no matter how much you try to avoid it. I didn't lose much by not going every morning. I figured out another way to take a dump and blow a few bucks each day. Yeah, man, I, that was uh, that was like my golden era. I remember, I can't remember the attorney's name, but it was while we were trying to get a bankrupt strip club out of, uh, we were trying to become the operators of a bankrupt strip club. And the attorney told a story about how yeah, he lived with this dude who was like Rico Suave. And one night and he went out and met a girl, brought her back home. And maybe they started making out. Maybe they started messing around. I don't really know. But he had to go up the stairs and he had like a spiral staircase or something. And he fell and broke his ankle. 
and then had to call an ambulance and go to the doctor, you know, go to the hospital. And I guess when he came back the next day or, you know, several hours later in the cast, and his roommate was banging the girl that he brought home that he wound up breaking his ankle. So, like, that was the end of his golden uh, period. And for me, you know, this was uh, this was pretty much, this was like the peak, I think, of, of me fucking around with uh, random girls that I didn't really care about, nor that they didn't care about me. And, uh, and it was some fun stories, or at least some fun uh, I did think that I was sweating it so bad because um, I thought I had busted the condom and then I had sex with the girl, the flight attendant girl that I really liked. And, uh, and obviously I never told her, which makes me feel like a shit bag. That's my puppy. <laughs> which makes me feel like a shit bag. But uh, yeah, case sera, sera. Anyways, I hope y'all enjoyed this one. Um, look, I put out a book of poems. I might, <coughs> <coughs> and I've been using this vape pen. It's uh, this THC vape pen. It's been making me cough. I love it though because I don't have to go down there. Um, I did a book of poems. Hey, little puppy, it, that uh, hasn't gotten any read, any uh, uh, Kindle Unlimited reads yet. Um, and I haven't really, well, I, I was, I had it hooked up to some Amazon ads and it got a couple thousand impressions, you know, maybe each day, but no clicks. So I might've really screwed up the, uh, cover, but that's pretty, pretty typical. I, I like the poems. I think they're kind of cool. They're rhyme, they're basic rhyming poems, but I think that, um, I, I, it's a, I'll put a link in. I called it the um, quarterly current events explained in irrelevant poem. Irreverent poems. Irrelevant would be a nice word, too. Anyways, hope you guys have a great time. Thanks again for listening, and uh, I'm going to try to do it again next week. Peace.